Welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. My name is Simon Hodgkins. Great to be joined by Taylor Peterson. Taylor, you're very welcome to the podcast. Let's begin by asking you, introduce yourself, tell us all about this wild and wonderful world that you're involved in. Yeah, okay, wow, big intro. I'm excited for it. Um, so I'm Taylor. I am a, I guess you could call, I, I would call myself a creative entrepreneur at this point. Um, I left my last full-time, you know, kind of corporate gig job in 2020, in late 2020. So like height of the pandemic. Um, and I was like, I just can't do it anymore. I want the freedom. I want the space. I want to be able to build things the, you know, with my vision. And I see so much potential in the creator economy and what people are doing there. Like there has to be a way that I can make it work. And I just felt that urge. So I kind of followed it. But before then I was doing um, everything from, I was working in in-house, um, in-house organizations and in agencies doing everything from creative, you know, some creative directing and design to, uh, marketing and running a marketing team, uh, which was a lot of fun, a lot of work and a lot of burnout all in one. And, uh, and then I transitioned into tech kind of being a tech writer. I, I was like, let me just, instead of being the one on the execution and like implementation side of marketing and creative, like, let me step back and see if I can, I was burning out in that space. So let me see if I can kind of, um, I don't know, reframe it for myself and let me write about it instead of doing it. So I was a tech writer over at, uh, Search Engine Land, Marketing Land, and MarTech Today. Marketing Land no longer exists anymore, but Search Engine Land's a big one. Um, I was actually the managing editor over there and reporting daily on different tech news and uh, you know stuff that really pertains to marketers. In my role there, I was doing a lot of reporting on you know social, the big social, the fang companies as well, and um, what their moves were and how really that would impact marketers from almost an enterprise level. I transitioned into, you know, this role of, of editing, writing, and helping to manage a team of editors as well in this tech space and learned a lot, definitely like cut my teeth deep into the advertising world and the marketing world, really getting under the hood of like the technicalities of marketing. And, um, you know, you can, some would call it like marketing operations. Cause I was always on the creative side, even as a, as like a, a marketing director, I was really focused on like brand and branding. Um, so I, yeah, I moved into tech writing, loved it, started to burn out from that. And I'm like, all right, I I've done it. I've written about it. I've talked a lot about it. Um, let me just do it <laughs> on my own without, without the parameters of like, you know, a really big structure. So, um, kind of out doing my freelance thing, ran into a guy by the name of John Briggs, and he is the owner of Food Fight Studios, which is as big as it sounds. It's, it's kind of a micro agency servicing animation studios. And um, he needed some help with marketing and with kind of like making things work. So I'm like, all right, great. Uh, you know, first kind of one of the first great clients that I was able to work with. Um, and so from there, like we just, we really hit it off and sort of built this vision together still in like this partnership capacity of what would a business, a, a decentralized sort of version of a micro agency look like? Um, we knew, we both knew we were like, we don't want, you know, this thing because let me back up actually, <laughs> let me back up one second. So we, you know, we're starting to build 
this sort of creative space. He needed marketing support. I had a marketing mind. So kind of put the brains together and thought like, how can we not become an agency? Because that was like the antithesis of everything that, um, you know, I wanted, I, I came from that world. So like, I specifically don't want to dive back into that. Um, how can we be the antithesis of an agency, but still offer, um, you know, this sort of like scrappy team talent of people would just sort of like working together, different freelancers working together, but we can take on bigger clients doing it. Um, and so we started down that path and really like built out, that was the initial groundwork of, um, the sauce. So officially I am the co-founder of the sauce. I'm fascinated by, I think food fight studios is such a great name, by the way. And I yeah, love the, so the sauce at food fight studios is great. So yeah, just that. unpack that a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, you know, we, it started as an animation studio. Food Fight Studios has been around even before I existed there in that realm. Um, I think 2016 was when John started up Food Fight Studios. It started as they were doing, you know, parody logos on t-shirts. It was like a print on demand. Um, and then I think at some point somebody reached out and was like, Hey, you should make some of these animated. And he was like, he in his own right is a serial kind of entrepreneur. And I was like, I could pull together a team of freelancers and maybe just like keep them on a retainer and do some uh, kind of a gig like that. And like, we could pump out some really cool stuff. Um, so he was like working with uh, this guy named Asher Oliver, who's in the UK and he's an animator and I guess had done some work with or for Gary V um, at some point. And so John was like, I love, this work. I love what you do. Would you consider just like hanging around and we can do some of these together? So they started animating assets and just kind of like working their way through um, very much like grassroots and like word of mouth networking. It wasn't like big splashy marketing. They had done no marketing um, at a certain point and it was just people coming at them. So long story short, the, the services that were coming in from this network kind of built around Food Fight Studios started to extend beyond animation. People were like, you've got this like scrappy sort of team, like really only maybe five, I think at the most, our like crew that we were running with online was like nine to 10 or 11 people at one point. And that was just to help like, you know, with some of the the admin stuff, but we we're all very much like sort of decentralized, but rallied around this idea of like, let's create cool shit together uh, with whoever needs it, heavily animation focused, but um, the, the inquiries came sort of rolling in around, hey, like, can you also help me with a brand strategy? You know, clients were like, can you guys all sort of work on this together? So we all buddied up and we're like, okay, let's let's pitch clients, let's, um, let's do creative work together and like get kind of like bigger with our clients so that we can sort of share it and scale, scale the pot a little bit. Um, after a while, like several months of doing just that and figuring out like, how do we make this an agency that's not an agency? So it's really just like a collection of like freelance talent, um, who like to hang out together, make cool stuff together, create. All of us are very much on the same like 
wavelength and vibe. And it's just thanks, you know, to the internet really for allowing us all to connect with each other. And so how do we turn this into like something that's like a little bit more profitable maybe for all of us so that we can keep doing it full time. Um, and so we did lean into the client-based marketing model for um, a little while for, for several months. And I, I hesitate to like call us a startup more than more of like a, a collective, a creative collective, if you will. Um, so, but dealing with a lot of the like startup pains of just like who's doing what, remote working, building a marketing pipeline where everyone is all over the place, all over the world and having everyone be on the same page, it gets challenging over time. Um, and, you know, talent like drops in and out as well. And so around last, like late last year, 20, so 2022 around the fall, um, John and I like had been batting around this like idea of community and like, what is, what does a community look like? We had worked on an NFT project um, called the Battle Bunnies, and it was re it's a really community-driven uh, collection of amazing art by two of these, these incredible tattoo artists. Um, and we kind of had experience with like, that was like a real first taste into like the world of crypto, at least for me, like understanding the inner workings of how these types of projects happen. Um, so I think all of us that were kind of running with Food Fight Studios were like, how we need to be doing more of this stuff in web three. We saw some applications for how it could apply to like creative teams um, and decentralized creative squads like us. So we're really into it. We saw that community is so grounded and rooted in a lot of these like collection or art-based NFT projects. Um, community is kind of like the, the ground floor of it really to be built around. And so, seeing how that worked, being part of helping build that community and the marketing on that side, I, you know, we started like turning over the years and in the fall of last year, we're like, let's just start collectively growing and building personal brands. Cause the thing is we all have the talent together. We just don't have, we haven't all individually spent time building up our own personal brands. We've just been working together on client projects. So we kind of took a step back, decided to embark on a like Twitter growth journey together. Um, and it kind of, it like sparked something. Cause it was like, there's community here in the same way that we had, we built sort of community in like the crypto space. By this time we we're all on discord and like, that's the place we like to hang out. Um, so I was feeling the vibe of, you know, there's something here and we could bring people together in, you know, a really meaningful way. Like there's so many entrepreneurs and creators and we're, we're in it ourselves. We're growing it, but we're also servicing clients. So it's like constant, just barrage of learning. Like what if we had a space for all of us to hang out, to like kind of build stuff together, to throw in and help and share resources, like some sort of digital collective commune for creators. Um, I mean, so like the vision kind of started with that, like, let's, let's see what we can do with this. So we started growing, um, on Twitter back last year and just kind of haven't stopped since. And we've, uh, primary like revenue sources still come from like clients and project-based work. You know, eventually we want to make this community something that people would pay to be part of, but that's not really like, you know, that's not foundational goal. It is, um, it is just being part of something that like you can revenue share in all together and everyone gets 
value out of it, um, I think is really important. And there's so many spaces online where the authenticity or like the genuine appeal of, of the, the community isn't really there. It's just kind of flashy on the outside. And then you join it and you're like, this isn't what I want. So focusing on making it a really valuable space for not just me and like our little squad of, of Food Fight Studios sauce people, but for everyone who's part of it, because that's what makes it worth sticking around and like seeing community growth firsthand with, again, the battle bunnies. I'm like, this is possible. There is space for this. Um, and Twitter helps make it all happen, which is amazing. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm in a building process, um, very much like open mind, open brain, open heart every day um, and doing a lot of like Twitter spaces. I have a weekly podcast that has a video and then also the audio gets distributed on Spotify and Apple. I co-host that with Anna Claviter, who helps me also write the newsletter um, for the sauce. And, you know, our mission, our goal is really to just be able to help anyone, any creators and, and content entre entrepreneurs of any level, just be able to understand what the hell is going on in the social media world? What is going on in like web three and AI, how to make sense of it and how to use it to make your content better. Um, because, you know, being on the, being on the writer side of things where I was, I was reporting on tech. Um, one of the things that was always really hard for me to relate to was the very like pie in the sky, uh, explanation for, marketing concepts and marketing technology. A lot of things that I would read as a marketer, I would be like, I don't understand half of this shit. Like they're talking about like your, you know, MROI and like, so high. it was just, obviously those terms, we know what they mean, but like the way that, that examples and um, information was presented in a lot of reporting, it makes sense to be at a high, you know, enterprise level language, um, you know, but it, it was just like, it didn't appeal to me. It didn't appeal to me as a content creator. It didn't appeal to me as a small business or a startup or a creative collective or whatever you want to call us. Um, so, you know, I think between me and John and Asher and some of the other people that have been part of this experience, we were like, we need to, we need to help people. We need to like share our experiences, share our, our knowledge and like the skills that we've built experience in this space. Um, but tell it in a way that people can actually understand it and do something with it the first time they don't have to sit back and like, what does that mean? You know? And like now with all these crazy tools that we have the ability to connect and like build, build communities online and all these different spaces is just like making it so much easier and more efficient to do, um, which I think benefits everyone. So yeah that's my long story short <laughs> sorry for the well, ramble i need water yeah well taylor thanks very much indeed for taking us on that uh explanation and story because i'm imagining people listening or watching to this around the world and there's there's, there's probably two types of people mm -hmm. there's probably those who are going how can you work in that environment that's so different to how i work today and there's yeah. probably the other half of the audience going Oh, that's exactly how I want to work. How can I get out of what I'm doing and get into that space? And to me, 
it almost sounds when you're describing the way that you work today it yeah. is this sort of decentralized community type approach yep. it's probably got something of the future of work in there too and the future of companies particularly in the creative space because you're actually doing things that are completely the opposite of the way that say a large you know particularly global mainstream agency would approach things right it's it's not the same and yet people that are in the creative space can feel quite restricted by the business norms or maybe the the sort of ways that businesses are constructed and have been for decades at this yep. stage does that feel like it to you do you feel like you've got absolutely. this completely new way of working oh yeah absolutely i it was so hard like the first year that i was i mean really all of 2021 um, that I was kind of like my own free agent. I mean, I was working with like clients. I had, you know, I was working with John and Food Fight Studios, but I still just felt this like overwhelming chaos. And there was so, it was so hard for me, I think, to adjust my like processes, my workflow processes, um, my expectation of uh, communication and things like that. Cause that totally shifts when you're in an office environment or, you know, a, like a larger organization, like you have tons of resources at your disposal. If you're, if your tech breaks, you take it to it and they fix it. If you like, uh, you know, if you can't join a call or something like it's okay, because it's on the, it's on the company, but as an kind of like a sole proprietor or, you know, create content creator, like a freelancer, even you don't get those same luxuries. Um, and, you know, especially like the added layer of it being remote makes it challenging because, um, while there are dozens of hundreds of channels where you can communicate with people on it also like fragments it so much. Um, so, you know, you have all of your different, your platforms, clients want to talk to you, uh, you know, on Slack maybe, or they want to email you or they want to do this. So like, it's also on the individual freelancer to be able to like manage all of that communication. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, but even things like just from, a like a business operations perspectives is very different marketing operations as well. Like I was used to working in on marketing teams of a dozen or, you know, in that range and have access to a CRM that costs them $250,000 a year because they can afford it. Cause it's part of the marketing budget, you know, and I would have like, you know, you've got your Hootsuite and your, your Salesforce and all of those things that like, as an individual, like you have to figure out how to make those things, um, either under one tool or pay for them or put pieces together. Cause you don't have like the infrastructure. So that was a hard thing too. And the formality that came with being in a corporate, you know, office of like, just the way I message my emails and things like that. I remember one of my first clients was like, you don't have to be this formal. You're not, you're not like in an interview. We're just, we're just chatting. And I was like, I'm not used, I wasn't used to that. You know, I was like the very like formal way of, of communicating, um, via email, you know, having your out of office, always like schedule. It's just, yeah. So I, it was hard for me to adjust because I'm a very like I like to say I'm type A, but I'm definitely not. I'm just very specific about how I like or want certain things to be. So um, for me to like kind of 
have to just get over all the like perfectionism of like, you know, you're not going to have a spreadsheet for every single strategy. You're not going to have all your reporting in one place or, you know, the list goes on and on, like just rolling with the punches and being like, well, what do we got today? There's something new kind of every day. And, um, it's, ex- it's exciting, but it also yeah. is like very, everything every day is unpredictable. Very good. And yeah. you mentioned the podcast and I know pod- podcasting is part of your sort of output. Yeah. Um, what do you like? Why do you do the podcast? Why is it part of your mix and what do you like about it? I just, I'm a huge podcast fan myself. Like I have, I have my, you know, library of different things that I tune into. So I've always been a big fan of audio. Um, and the way that the, our podcast like came to be was we were just writing this weekly newsletter and we're like, what if, what if we just record us talking about the newsletter? Um, you know, because always on the, on the prowl for like finding ways to maximize content exposure, um, we knew, okay, I like podcasts. We already have the newsletter that could be kind of like a script. Um, and we can just shoot the shit because we were having these conversations off air anyways, where we were talking and joking about what we're talking about in the newsletter or like cracking jokes about what the hell Facebook is up to this week. We're like, this would be kind of funny, like to listen to actually. So we sort of just took it to, we were like, all right, before we get to podcast, let's try it on Twitter spaces. So we tried it on Twitter spaces for like, I don't even know, six months or so. We were just doing them live on Twitter. And um, some people were like, this needs to be a podcast. We agreed. So we actually only launched the podcast, the actual podcast, like January of this year. So it's been only a couple months. We only have like six or seven episodes out, I think. But we record video with them. And that took me a minute to get comfortable with. Like three or four episodes in, I was like, okay, this is fine. Um, but right off the bat. No, <laughs> I was used to like holding my phone up to my mouth, you know, from Twitter spaces and just looking yeah, like a troll yeah. under blankets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for sharing all that Taylor. And I, yeah. I want to change gear a little bit. Cause I do want to ask you a few questions now. It's not, Absolutely. it's not full sort of quick fire round, but I'm going to ask you a few questions in succession. Be interested in your answers. The first yeah. one is because you're in this new way of working, you, you're very much in the decentralized web 3.0 4.0 whatever you want to call it um you know metaverse nft creative projects you're right at the cutting edge ai generative ai mid journey it's all in the mix yeah how do you how do you learn how do you stay abreast of the new information that you need do you do you like reading books do you, are you an audio a book person do you just scour the web morning news or noon and night how does it work for you yeah so on on my internet i use a feed reader um, a feed curator, I should say. I use Feedly, love it, check it every day. I curate all of my feeds for the news to pull in from the sources. Um, you know, I always make sure to like source from the right types of uh, news outlets as well. So I will check my feed reader and then I'll check Twitter daily as well. Um, these, these are really just like the day-to-day kind of news updates or news briefs that I look for. And then in terms of like deeper learning, you know, beyond just what is happening in the news cycle on a day to day, I do like to read a lot. I am notoriously like bad at listening to audiobooks. Um, I, I can't, I don't know why either. I love podcasts, but audiobooks just don't do it for me. I love a physical copy of a book. Um, I've got like bookshelves lining 
this room and <laughs> out in my other room as well. Um, I don't really keep a cadence with it. I'll probably read a new book every four to six weeks, everything from my favorite, which is just garbage fiction, um, to take my mind and unplug to uh, actual, you know, really great reading material, nonfiction stuff, self personal development, um, business stuff as well. But a lot of that can get overwhelming. It is like, there's just so much happening online yeah. right now at this time and space that it's, you have to also give yourself space to like separate yourself from it. I think that's really important. Um, otherwise it's just, you're in a constant state of overwhelm and that's not good for anyone. Yeah, and I like what you said as well about whether it's Feedly or some other tool, but you're, you've you've sort of set up the created content that you want to flow into you, the stuff where you think you're going to find the most value. value. Yeah. I think that's a really useful tip for people. And then I also like what you said about, you know, the fiction and the stuff that, that you also do as well, because we do need to unplug because this stuff is 24-7, 365 days a year. And yeah. it can become overwhelming. So it is good to have something else that's completely unrelated, I think. So I think you've made some great points there. Thank you. Um, the other thing I want to ask you is about your journey, your life, people that you admire, people that have inspired you along the way, people maybe you've given you a helping hand, or maybe it's a particular personality or character type that you resonate with. But when I ask you that question, Taylor, mm -hmm. what springs to mind or who springs to mind? I think that the most, there's so many people, I mean, <laughs> they got, there's so many people, John at Food Fight Studios, big inspiration to me and to like so many people. And I think having other creative entrepreneur type mentality, those have always been the people that I vibe with the most that I like, you see me, I see you. It's the artist types, it's the creatives, it's the ones you know, who don't have to be in a stuffy boardroom to feel, you know, valuable. And um, vulnerability is a big thing too. So I think it's the, it's the like authentic creative types and the vulnerable types that I resonate with because I'm also the same way. I love having like heart opening conversations and exploring uncomfortable parts. Like there's there's a lot to being like in this lifestyle as, as a freelancer or a solopreneur or a business, you know, a small business owner, founder, whatever it is, like you have to be able to separate, um, you know, your, your, I think you have to be able to separate your vision a little bit from what drives you on a day to day. Um, because otherwise it's, you know, it's all consuming. Yeah. I think what you said about being authentic, People talk about authenticity a lot, but I think the other word that you used, uh, vulnerability and being vulnerable, and I think that's very much comes back to that community that you were talking about. Because you have this community, it's okay to turn up and say, I don't know, I need help here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the community really helps. Whereas mm -hmm. sometimes in a corporate environment or an office environment, maybe you don't feel as though you have that space to say, I don't know what I'm doing here. I need some help here, you know? Absolutely. And I know in some corporate environments, you, you can do that. But particularly in the way that you're working and this sort of online community and this group of people, creatives coming together in a particular location on, on the internet somewhere, um, 
it is really about people helping other people, isn't it? There's a large part of that. And we hear a lot of horror stories and bad things about the internet. But one thing that it's done particularly, and I think you're echoing it here, is it's connected people um, who think the same, that work the same, that can help each other. And they're at different levels of understanding and advancement, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's some of the people that I've just met like on Twitter in the last six months, I, you know, I hope to have relationships with them for all of the time that I'm ever working, you know, because it's, I think it truly, it is such a dichotomy from larger organizations in the corporate world where maybe there's this like underlying expectation, especially if you want to climb the corporate ladder, like you look out for you and knock whoever else down in the process, as long as you're on top. Um, I mean, that's not true with every organization, of course, but like it, it does run rampant and I've seen it exist, especially in like, you know, New York and some of these larger businesses. Um, and that doesn't exist in the creative, disconnected, decentralized world. Like people understand inherently that in order to grow and thrive and learn, you do that from other people um, and you do that with other people and by helping other people. Um, And there's also like, there's business to be had from that as well. If you're able to share what you know, and somebody is willing to pay you for your time to share that knowledge with them directly, like, and and you can make, you know, earn a living or income from that. It's absolutely like, it's just, it's astounding. And I think it's, it's great that we're in that space with the creator economy. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about sharing of knowledge, there must be advice that you've picked up along the way that you think is really valuable, or maybe there's advice that you share with others. But when I ask you about the best advice that you've received, or maybe that you pass on, what, what springs to mind there? I have the perfect, (laughs) I have the perfect one, I think, because I say this quite a bit and I'm sure if anyone who listens to me regularly is listening to this podcast, you might've heard me say this before, but it's that nobody, nobody knows what you know. You know, every, every person in creatives experience is different. And when you tell, it could be the same, the same type of story, the same plot, you know, the same sort of challenges and struggles. Um, But it wasn't your experience. Nobody, nobody has your exact experience. And so I think when you can share your story, even if it's the same as others, um, but do it from your perspective and like allow that uniqueness, whatever it is that like sets you apart from other people that you might think is like weird, or you might be protective or conscious of like, let that part out because that is the part that people are like magnetically attracted to. Um, and when you can tell your story and infuse that like part of yourself in it, um, it's just, it's incredible. Like it's, that is what brings people together and set, like separates them from just the average, the average Joe, you know? Um, and I think now too, we're in a, we're in a point in time where the internet is accepting of that. The internet wants people who are showing them their true selves. Like we're so done with the era of like Instagram filters and smoke and mirrors and all of that. It's like, who are you really? Because that's what the value has sort of boiled down to. Um, and the more that you can show that from your experience, I think the better. Yeah. Thanks Taylor. Um, when you think about 
the next six, nine, 12 months? Mm -hmm. What are you passionate about? What are you thinking about? What are you hoping to achieve as the year unfolds? Yeah. I want to just be able to like help people at scale. <laughs> um, I have a lot of, I get a lot of requests of like, can you, you know, can you help me design this thing? Or can you, um, you know, can I, can I pick your brain? That's one of the most common ones. Um, and if like, I wouldn't be able to sustain it if I said yes to everyone. And so to be able to help people at scale and finding a way to do that is kind of the journey that I'm on right now. I'm working on my first ever course. And if you would have asked me like a year ago, would you ever do a course? I would be like, hell no, no. But I've seen, like, I've seen the light. I've seen the other side of it where being able to like package up knowledge um, in a way that's really easy for people to consume and understand. It just goes back to that. Like nobody knows what you know. You could probably look up a course on what I'm going to do mine on and find it free on YouTube. But I think having the the unique perspective and being able to tell my story of what I know for the first time, um, I am really looking forward to that. Somebody mentioned to me like a couple of weeks ago, I think it was on a Twitter space. Like I've been so busy telling other people's stories as a marketer, as a writer, as a journalist, never been able to really like tell my own story. Um, and I, that's, I resonate with that. Like, that's what I'm excited for to tell my own story, my way to continue doing it. Um, and to, you know, hopefully get some content out there that people are willing to pay for so I can keep doing it. That's where I'm at. That's great. Thanks, Taylor, for sharing. And I suppose as we come towards the end of this episode of the Global Discussion, uh, we love talking to creatives. And I want to ask you if there's anything else maybe that we haven't touched on, any other topic that you want to share with our worldwide audience. And also, and importantly, if people want to connect with what you're doing, find out more about the organization that you're involved in, the community that you're, you're involved in, the podcast, those kind of things. Where yeah. do you want people to go to, to connect? Yeah, you can check you. Well, you can check us out on Twitter. Uh, you can check me out at space case Tay. That's my username. Um, or you can find us just online at the sauce.foodfightstudios.com. Um, we have, you know, again, we got a weekly newsletter. We've got a podcast. We've got tons of like great resources. We're always adding stuff to our sub stack as well. So you can find us there. All of it's on the website. Um, but yeah, check it out. And in terms of any other things that I would add, like, you know, we're all in this AI space right now. So I think as creators, it is more important now than ever to just start paying attention to what's happening with some of these AI tools, because it is, it's overwhelming, but it is coming to sweep in. Uh, and I think a lot of AI is going to automate so many of the things that we do on a day to day. So if there was like another piece of advice or something to touch on, it's just keep an eye out on what's going on out there. There's some really cool tools that'll make your life easier um, and more creative if you're willing to kind of just take a look and get uncomfortable get comfortable with being uncomfortable with some of these things that are coming our way so 
I love that. That's a perfect note to end on. So thank you so much indeed. Thanks to everybody who's been watching or listening to this episode of the Global Discussion Around the World. Make sure that you like, follow, subscribe, do everything that I need you to do to help support the podcast. And I hope that you'll join me back here for some more discussions with creatives and leaders and thinkers. And the only thing left for me is to say thank you so much to Taylor. It's been so good having you on the show. Thanks so much, Taylor, for joining me. Thank you so much, Simon. I really appreciated being here.